SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the early line right here. Putting the fun and functional sports radio right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge on the grid. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, Kevin Walsh, as well. Kev, we ended the last hour talking about this story that Major League Baseball is considering the bubble approach for their playoffs. And you reeled off a ton of valid questions, you know, just like we have questions about, you know, NFL, college football, how we're doing this. Right. And so I think it does make sense that you ask how much time would be in between. How do we make sure that players have kind of a clean bill of health as they enter the bubble, right? What would be the policies and restrictions? How many bubbles would they have? Where would these be located? Remember, they'll be happening in flu season, right? So, so many questions to discuss. But do you think it gives them a better chance of crowning a World Series champion in 2020? Not really. I don't know if I trust them to execute this with the care that you need. Because I don't think you then can make everybody travel to one place right, figure out the hotel situation, do the testing, and then be like, okay, we're good. I mean, there was, this was a process that the NBA had to put in. This was a process that the NHL had to put in. And I just worry about Major League Baseball putting in that same process because the one thing that baseball loves is playing a bunch of games in a bunch of days. Uh, And they're not really, they don't look for days off, really. So there being a week off from the regular season to the postseason, is that even good? Like, is that a no, good I don't thing think they could do that. To- I don't think they could do that, right? Because the idea of rotations being organized and the upset of the competitive balance, I think, unfortunately, Kev, it would be a very small turnaround. It'd be like so one of these one then- day things, quick testing, and then hoping there's no false positives and hoping that there's no lag time, that kind of stuff, like we have seen with testing in the past. Then, then you just shouldn't do the bubble. If you're going to do hmm. the bubble, you have to do the bubble. If you're not going to do it, you're you're asking for an outbreak then because you're basically then bringing everybody to the same spot not being cautious enough outbreak no world series you, like it's either or you can't right. just say we're going to put everybody up in an LA hotel you know baseball right. again getting me animated you can't do that and then just like like oh no worries we're good i mean the first rounds Three games that I will be right. played in three days, if not in two, because again, it's baseball. Who knows? You're going to make right. what, like, eight different teams travel there for that? Well, well, Kevin, the NHL. There's eight teams that have already gone home after playing three or four games. Like they played right? exhibition the- games, and they were best of fives. All right, all right. So the exhibition games, I guess notwithstanding, but there were some teams that, you know, got swept out. Like the Rangers only played what three, four real games in the bubble as well. And if that's part of the the bracket to crown a champion, I think teams would, you know, swallow and take that part of it. I get that. It may not be what's right for health. And is the bubble really a bubble? I get all that. I'm just saying the fact that some teams might have to go there for only two or three games. I don't think that 
would be a deal breaker. Let me ask you this, though, Kevin, because we have said over the last couple of weeks, right, when, for example, the Cardinals uh, had their outbreak and then it kind of came out that maybe they went to a casino or something like that, right? Uh, when it, it's come out that the Marlins, maybe they weren't doing the best activities, right? We talked about Plesak leaving, uh, leaving the Cleveland Indians, right? As we bring in our radio audience around the country here on Sports Grid. At one point, as you mentioned, maybe the protocols do work. And it really comes down to personal individual responsibility, right? And we've talked about this with this pandemic, just in the public as well. And at one point you said, maybe everyone just has to take care of their own business, do the right thing, treat this seriously, and it could work. And I bring that up because with the police act and Indians thing, we now have word that Mike Clevenger also decided to go on out and hang out with his friends. And now he is quarantined. So I'm asking you at one point, Kev, you thought the protocols might have been enough if all the individual athletes also did what they were supposed to do, did the right thing. So I will ask it to you in that vein. If after this experience of the season, seeing how this happens, and they try to do the bubble, and what we have is an increased sense of attention, seriousness, responsibility, and accountability from the individual athletes, then do we have a shot? Well, here's another worry. So you just quickly read through the article that Jeff Passan put together on this, saying that the theoretical postseason bubble, because there's obviously a lot that's trying to be figured out, but he talks about them playing uh, a couple of games at Petco, at the Angel Stadium, at the Dodger Stadium. So the bubble that's is a region? Not, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But that's not really a right. bubble then, right? Like the one, Part of the reason why the NBA thing works is they're all on a campus. For Major League Baseball, if they just put them in a bunch of hotels, all right. From what we've seen, they're all going to be at the hotel bar. Like, right, right, that right. we've seen from them. So, and we've not seen Major League Baseball apparently have any control over their players. Because with the Marlins, apparently they were getting chicken wings. With the Cardinals, apparently right. they were at a casino. Clevenger and Bieber are going out. Like, so we're, exactly, just, yes. we're not even seeing them. Yeah, excuse me, please. Like, we're not seeing them. You don't want the AL Cy Young Award going down real quick. You know? Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. And remember, one of the things the MLB did was like institute the hall monitors, the babysitters, right? So, and what we're talking about now is October, not now, right? So, what I'm saying is, does the experience and the lessons learned, you know, add to all this, making this more feasible? I don't know, Kev. I just want to see a World Series champion because I think it might be my New York Yankees. I just want to see them raise the damn trophy. When we come back here, though, on the early line, we've got games today. To discuss jam packed hour two. We talk Major League Baseball. We talk MLS's back championship. We talk NHL playoffs. All that in hour two coming up right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid, Dane Martinez, and, of course, Kevin Walsh. Kev, you know, we talked about maybe this bubble approach for the playoffs. 
Well, now let's look at the teams who would qualify for the playoffs if and when it does happen. Now, remember, Kev, eight teams from each league will make it in. All the second-place teams, the top two out of three third-place teams will make it. And so I look right now to the NL West, Kev, because in that division, there's not one, not two, but three teams who are already at double-digit wins, and two of them face off against each other again. I'm talking about the San Diego Fathers and the Los Angeles Dodgers. I see the lines up yesterday. The Padres got a win 2-1 to one on an Austin Hedges home run. They renew hostilities. The Dodgers are favored again today in LA. They are minus 156 favorites. Ross Stripling on the mound for the Dodgers. The Padres answer back with Garrett Richards. This tightening up in the NL West after the 2-1 victory for the Dads last night. Yeah, so this is going to be a fun game here. First of all, let's address the total because I've talked about trying to play these games over whenever these teams match up. Now, I think this is the first time we've seen a nine in any of the games that they have played. So the total comes up a little bit. I think part of that might have to do with the stripling Richards matchup. So these teams mm. pitched in the last series, or these players rather, pitched in the last series against one another in the same game. Final score, 7-6. The Dodgers win. So 13 runs there. I think that might have a reason to do with it. After that 2-1 game, I thought about, do I want to cut bait? Maybe. I think you keep trying to play these overs. But I'll also tell you, in terms of a side here, I like the Dodgers. The Dodgers lost two in a row to the Giants early on in the season, if you remember that opening four-game set. Right. Very weird. They've not lost two in a row since then, and I don't think this is a team that's going to lose two in a row very often. They won this pitching matchup. Last time, they remained at home. I like the Dodgers to get the job done. I don't think minus 156 is a bad price to pay on them. All right, fair enough. As I mentioned, a lot of people talking about the Dodgers, the kids of the Padres, Fernando Tatis going absolutely off. But, Kevin, both of these teams are still chasing the Colorado Rockies. You know what I find interesting right now? All three of these teams have been scoring a ton of runs, Kev. Think about it. Okay, for example, the Braves have the most runs in Major League Baseball. All right, after 18 games, they've got 95 runs, okay? The second, third, and fourth most runs in all of baseball are all these three teams in the NL West. The Padres, 88 runs after 17 games. The Dodgers, 88 runs after 17 games. The Colorado Rockies, 88 runs after 16 games. Slightly better offense on a per-game basis. They are at the top of the West. They're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks, but... They got beat yesterday by Arizona 12-8. to Cole Calhoun went yard for the Diamondbacks. Now, the, the Rockies are still, you know, now they've lost two in a row, but still have a half-game lead on the Dodgers in the NL West. Do you think the Rockies get back to their winning ways today? Uh, they send out Kyle Freeland on the hill, and they are minus. They're not even favored, though, because Zach Gallen on the other side is the Diamondbacks that are minus 112 favorites. Yeah, this is very interesting. So you're looking at the Rockies, who have now lost two in a row. They come into this game. Is the pitching edge in the Diamondbacks' favor? Maybe a name. Kyle Freeland, though, has a better ERA on the season. Actually holds himself a 2-0 and record, if you still care about records, although I know most don't, rightfully so. Records don't matter for pitchers. But uh, <laughs> he's got a better ERA. He's got a better whip to this point. Uh, and he's, you know, pitched uh, 2.2 more innings 
than him. I just look at this game here, and I'm surprised by the line. Unless we really, I mean, Zach Gallon, as much as we've talked, you know, nicely about Zach Gallon on this show, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think he's some type of household name that, yeah. oh, well, he's, he's going to be favored. For the Rockies to have lost two in a row and come then into this spot here as dogs surprises me a bit. We'd always talk about be cautious with lines that then worry you. Maybe you don't want to play them or be willing to play the other side. But, you know, I, I would think the Rockies would be able to get this win. I'd back Rockies here, or I wouldn't play the game. Yeah, I mean, you got to think a team that's been so hot and losing two in a row, maybe the regression, the positive regression does come into play. Kev, we got time to talk about one more game, and I'm going to surprise you here, but I want to talk about the Detroit Tigers. Goodness gracious, Kev. I mean, the Tigers win again yesterday, 5-1 over Chicago. They have now won four in a row, and I mentioned it because, you know, We like to have fun with the Marlins doing well. We talk about the Padres doing well. Well, these Detroit Tigers are now nine and five, four games over 500. And with every second place team qualifying for the playoffs, the Tigers are sitting in playoff position slightly ahead of Cleveland even for second place in the Central. And they play the White Sox again. The White Sox are one of these teams that a lot of people had eyes on with their young kids. They are below 500. Do the White Sox kind of come back here against Tigers? Or does Detroit keep it rolling in this one? These are words I never thought I would be saying. Minus 108 on both sides. Gio Gonzalez for the White Sox. Alexander for the Tigers. Can the Tigers stay hot, Kev? So the, the, the issue here for me, as much as yes, look, give Detroit their credit. Nine and five, sure. four in a row. It's great is the White Sox offense. There's a lot to be desired from this group. I go back to August 4th. They beat the Brewers, but they only scored three. Then they get shut out. They scored three again. Two-nothing win against Cleveland. That's good enough. They get one. Okay, They get three through nine. I went to extras. They got another run there. And then they scored one yesterday against the Tigers. This team is supposed to have somewhat of a potent offense. Jose Abreu. Of course, all the young kids that were Eloy, Yohan, R- Lewis Robert, yeah. But that's not really been the case. And I, and I know Tim Anderson is banged up, and uh, maybe that impacts this team more than some would expect. Is, uh, you know, he was leading off for them. I know when he was healthy. It's a tough game to call here. It is. The fact that this is, though, now a straight pick. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to back the White Sox. I'll probably back the White Sox. All right, let me ask you this. One other question about these Chai Sox and some of these other teams. With these young teams, Kev, right? And we knew it. We said it. One of these young teams is going to get out like gangbusters, start feeling themselves. And, you know, let's say that's the Padres. Let's say that's the Rockies, right? Let's say that's the Tigers, who the Marlins, right? There was also going to be teams that were laden with young kids that were going to get out slow. Right. The Chicago White Sox come to mind. The kids in Toronto come to mind. Right. Do you think the young teams are more at risk of however they start having it be the momentum for their season? Right. Like if the kids like is it harder for them to turn it around, let's say, because they don't have that experience in Chicago? For me, I I don't necessarily think so. And I I think 
you know, the fact that we've kind of seen it go both ways, right? Where, you know, some teams are thriving and some are struggling. I think that's just the, the nature of the beast, if you will. Um, but for Chicago specifically, there was a lot to like with this team. Like it was very understandable yeah. why people were excited with them. Uh, it's just, it's not come to fruition. And if that team was going to struggle, I don't think people would have thought it would have been offensively. That is right. the, the reality for them. And you have to wonder if they somewhat look at this uh, schedule here, playing two against the Tigers, and then knowing the next set is supposed to be three against St. Louis. Uh, mm. You know, do they almost look at they have a bye coming up shortly? Uh, and they can really put the pedal to the metal in these next two. Self scout, maybe like Andy Reid after the bye, they can come out like gangbusters after they figure out what is going on. It's an interesting story. We will certainly keep our eye out on that. Kev, when we come back though, listen, we knew this was going to happen at this part of the sporting calendar, right? We are now double and triple booked with sports championships, playoff action. So we've talked NBA, we've talked Major League Baseball. When we come back, we've got our guy Tom Bogart to talk about MLS is back, what they're going to do when they crown their tournament champion tonight and what they do after that. And we've also got hockey talk later on this hour with our guy George Kurtz. A lot to get to. We're going to turn to those sports where champions are being crowned, and we will do that when we come right back here on the early line. From then until now, get caught up on all the Sports Grid news updates with our man Chris Wells. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. And, of course, we again welcome our radio audience from around the country right here on Sports Grid, where we give you the edge. We try to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And we are once again joined by our guy, Tom Bogart, here to talk a little bit of soccer. Okay, we put the fun and functional sports content. So the first question I have for our guy, Tom, after, of course, welcoming him back to the show as a friend of the show. My first question for you, Tom, honestly, is where's Mello? Because Mello was hot yesterday, last time we had him. He was picking, I think he picked the Philadelphia Union as a dog. There were a lot of upsets in that last round, right? So please do me a favor and make sure whatever leans or plays you are talking about definitely has Mello co-signing it. How are you doing so far this morning, Tom? Morning, fellas. How are we doing? Yeah, don't worry. He's he's consulted on everything. More than consulted, actually. He's the driving force. I'm just his puppet. So don't worry. All the info is coming from him. He's just camera shot. Fair enough. Yeah, I just want to know where the brains of the operation is, Tom. <laughs> I got to ask you this. And and maybe I was naive. Maybe I was short-sighted. Uh, you know, but when the bracket, when the groups came out, okay, a long time ago, when it, when Dallas and Nashville was still in this. Okay, I'm an NYCFC fan, Tom. And I was like, this is a great group. This is an awesome group. I got expansion teams in there. I can beat the Chicago Fire. And I thought Orlando was the worst, you know, seeded team as just the host city, not as any team that, you know, actually had designs on winning this tournament. Well, here we are, though, Tom, at the finals. And yes. Orlando FC is still standing against the Portland Timbers. Not only are they still standing, Tom, 
but they're plus 135 favorites right now to win this matchup and win the MLS is back tournament. Talk to me about the evolution, the journey here of Orlando. It's wild. Everything you're saying there is 100% correct. Like they were absolutely looked at as the worst seeded team because, again, it was just they were de facto home team or like host city. Um, and like they've been no good for essentially the entire MLS existence. They got a new coach, Oscar Preya, this year that everybody um, applauded as a good hire. And, and, it, and it is. Um, and I can't imagine anybody thought that it would turn around this quickly. And the, the incredible part about them is that if they're not getting by on like set pieces or penalties or red cards to the other team or flukes or like they're not just winning games. They're like dominating. They're they're playing really well. It's, it, it's like he, he inherited a team that was very, very bad last year. Um, they made a few new signings. He's helped rejuvenate Nani and, and I, I, Nani got uh, his first offseason in, you know, two years or whatever this this winter. So maybe that that uh, doesn't hurt. And yeah, right. man, it's just been incredible. Let's then ask about the other side of this, though. The Portland Timbers, um, you know, had a pretty interesting run here. I'm surprised they're currently priced as the underdogs. We can talk about the match uh, specifically. But what have you thought about the, the Portland Timbers in the lead up to them uh, also securing a spot in this final? Yeah, so speaking of that, I mean, as for all the good things I have said and will say about Orlando, I'm surprised that Portland are, are technically the underdogs. And I know that it, it's pretty tight, but mm -hmm. um, just going based on like longevity, Portland have always kind of figured it out, and they've they've like like Orlando have you know been really convincing. You know, granted they beat Philly with two corners, uh, scoring on two corners, but you know it's not like their performance wasn't there. Like um, they they've been really good this tournament. Um, They've found a way, like they had to redo their attack again this offseason, and they were able to convince club legend Diego Valeri to come back on like a cheaper deal, which allowed them right. to go get two really high-priced attacking players. One of them, uh, Yimmy Chara, I think that he's still out, or he at least missed the semifinals. But Yaroslav Niazgoda has been coming off the bench, and he's he was the Poland's leading scorer when they got him. So like, and and the way that that translates is. Um, people who score goals in Poland seem to score goals here. And it sounds like I'm making a joke or saying something simplistic, but like for whatever reason, whenever MLS teams have gone to Poland and gotten like their elite goal scorers, they've come here and done well. So I and and he passes the eye test that dude too. And again, this is just somebody coming off the bench. Like the the way that they've they've been this tournament and led by Sebastian Blanco, who um, I, I'm voting on, on the awards and. MVP is either Nani or Blanco, and I still haven't decided yet, and I'm going to wait until after tonight. Hey, Tom, you know, we'll definitely get your pick and, of course, Melo's pick for this championship match at some point. But I got to ask you, you know, after tonight's game, these teams are going to go back to their home markets and resume the MLS season for another 18 regular season games. And I'm intrigued by this, Tom, because in essence, we have now like the best sports in America science experiment we ever can have, right? Because we have the control group of what happens in the <laughs> bubble for MLS and then the variable of what happens in home markets with travel in MLS. What's your level of confidence that, you know, all the happy feelings and the progress that has been happening here? Because after Dallas and Nashville, it has been relatively clean 
in the bubble. We've been able to go on as scheduled. Now they're going to go back and disperse and try to, in essence, play the regular season the way baseball is doing right now. And we see how it's working out for them. What do you think is on the horizon for the MLS? Because there's an opportunity, right, to capture this intrigue and this momentum Mm -hmm. of this tournament. But not if there's a COVID outbreak with two teams in two weeks. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I would have been, I guess, cautiously optimistic before baseball started, if for no other reason than just the tournament went well. And obviously, I would have been saying, well, these aren't the same things, but, 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 um, and then baseball happened. And um, I got it. Like, I'm, I'm concerned just because, like you said, if, if there's an outbreak with us, like, it's going to look bad. And I don't, I don't know, like, I'll sound like a company man, but, but it, I get kind of get defensive sometimes at MLS because there's like Euro snobs who doesn't matter what happens, it's, you know, they're always t- trying to take pot shots at MLS, like as if mm. like the, they last heard about the league in 2005. Like even make your jokes, but like at least like make sure that they're current. Like I'm I'm good for a laugh, but it's just like if you're being like lazy, like pot shots. So um, if that happens, I like that's the thing. They're gonna be like, look, the European leagues figured this out how to do it at home, as if right. our country. It has like hasn't been the worst in the world at dealing with this pandemic. Wow, like, yeah. <laughs> the pandemic curve is a little bit different in Germany, Germany than it is here. But hey, in, to, in right. their stadiums, and people right. are like, "Whoa, why can't we do that here?" Well, because our countries are different. It's pretty simple. Yeah, Todd, <laughs> uh, you're all over. But here's the interesting thing: we, uh, you know, I saw you tweeting about this just uh, the other day. Sporting Kansas City expecting fans in their upcoming home games here. How do you think this works out? Do you expect this to, you know, if things go well in the first couple of games for Sporting KC to become uniform throughout the rest uh, of the league? Um, Not everywhere, but different regions of the country. Like, it's obviously not going to happen in New York. It's not going to happen in, well, it might, they might try to do it in Florida, but they shouldn't. You know? <laughs> like, but Kansas City, like, um, Real Salt Lake, like, if those areas of the country, and again, depending on how this pandemic continues to evolve and where it can continues to, I guess, you know, pop up and have hotspots. But if SKC are able to do it, um, then there it, it'll be other markets like that, like maybe in Texas. And, you know, again, I, I don't know what the recent numbers are, but in three weeks or four weeks from now, if SKC, you know, prove that, hey, we can make it as safe as everybody like going to a park where everybody's like away from each other. And then they're able to they they say that they have plans for have like directing which you know bathrooms and concession stands that people have to go to and how they're going to get their foods and and you know ways that they have to enter the stadium and exit and and staggered releases so you can like not everybody's going to be leaving at the same time so um if they're able to figure that out and um to their credit like they're technically allowed to have more fans than than they're allowing like again I, i'm not sure that this is the smartest or safest thing in the world but at least they're saying the right things. They're doing the right things. They're, they're going to do like twenty five hundred fans ish, like something like that. It's you know fourteen percent of their stadium. So uh, we'll see. Um, again, I have no other reason than to be hopeful. But you know, again, I'm concerned because th- this it, this is one of the ones where it's like if it backfires, it's like what was the point? Why? What? What, what was the point? Yeah. All right. So we only got a minute left here, Tom. We got to get you out of here. We got to get the pick. All right, we have Orlando as the favorite tonight, plus 135. Portland coming back as a dog, plus 165. If this game were to go to penalty kicks, your draw would hit at plus 240. Breakout mellow, I don't care what it is, convey it for me. 
Is the dog barking again tonight? Yes, but it, it, it's it's not even the dog technically in the picture. It's I'm, I'm, I'm taking a draw here. I think this one goes to Pence. Ooh! Ooh. Okay. Okay. That's all Dana was talking about. <laughs> That's Dude, right. His favorite person in the We're play. going to penalty kicks. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. I, I know you I consider them. That, but <laughs> all right, fair enough. So if one goal happens, then we need an equalizer on the other side. <laughs> and listen, Tom, I know you think they're, you know, European snobs, but Champions League is going on as well. We got big time matchups this week. Barca and Bayern, Atalanta, PSG. So after the MLS tournament is over, we'll have you back on at some point during Champions League, at some point in this regular season, you know, back out in the field to have uh, get some more insights from you. All right, Tom? Yes, please. And, and don't let me misrepresent myself. I, I do watch Champions League and, and everything. <laughs> Were you like Barca or Bayern? Barca or Bayern? That's a big one in this, in this round, I think. Fine. Yeah, Byron and Man City may be on a collision course. We shall see, but we'll have you back to talk about it for sure. Keep it locked. We'll see. And the MLS is back. Tournament crowns its champion tonight, Portland, against the host city, Orlando. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us, Tom. Thanks for having me, fellas. Absolutely. Interesting. Interesting there, Kev. You know, this idea of how they're going to do it uh, when they go back to their home markets. Is very intriguing. It literally is now a science experiment because we have the control group in the bubble and we'll see what happens. We'll know the effect of the bubble in a couple of weeks in the MLS. When we come back, though, we told you we would jam packed. We got George Kurtz because the NHL playoffs have advanced to the next round. We'll talk about that when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge right here on Sports Grid. And now, like I said, we've got so many sports to discuss. We are double and triple booked because we were on pause for months. And so we have things like an MLS tournament. We have getting ready for playoff basketball. We have regular season baseball. And we have playoff hockey. And so we bring in our guy, George Kurtz. You can see George Kurtz all over this network, including with my man, Kevin Walsh, on in-game live george how you doing this morning good morning gentlemen doing well getting ready for playoff hockey about six hours away okay fair enough i gotta tell you the truth though honestly george those other series i considered playoff hockey also they call it the play-in round they call it the whatever i don't care to me that's a series you survive in advance that was playoff hockey too but i want to ask you about this george because the the top four seeds right they were playing like seeding games. And I know you, we had Carver on, we had, um, you know, Cam on. And everyone seemed to think that those top four seeds were treating those games as like glorified scrimmages, exhibition games. We saw a lot of unders in those games. So I ask you now, because now the lights are on for those teams, right? For those eight teams, they are now in action. <laughs> George, are they all pretty much equipped to kind of like, flip the switch 
and come out hot? Or are there any teams specifically you might doubt their ability to do that and could be an early fade for some plus money? Well, I think I agree with the other guys. I think once again, I think they glorified scrimmage is a good way of putting it. And can these teams flip the switch? The Boston Bruins didn't seem to care. I mean, they won the in the NHL regular season. They had a 10-point lead. 10-point lead on the uh, for over every other team for the best overall record. Yet they go 0-3 during this round robin. And they didn't seem to care at all. They even came out and sort of said it backhanded way without going into it. That they, nah, we just didn't care. They had injuries going in here. Can they now flip that switch and also play much better against the Carolina Hurricanes team that was flying versus the New York Rangers during that first round? I think the only team that truly did care – I don't want to say all eight teams didn't care. The Philadelphia Flyers cared. They came out once again. They came out flying that round robin. You could tell they wanted that number one seed, and they came out and got it there. But the Boston Bruins, the Dallas Stars, the St. Louis Blues, Blues are last year's defending cup champions. Right. I don't want to say they didn't see that. I don't want to say they didn't care, but man, they didn't seem to give it the whole, uh, you know, the the, the 100% try there. I think they were playing. Just don't get hurt, guys. Just don't get hurt. We'll worry about our seating. We don't care. We'll worry about where, how we're going to play, how much energy we're going to expend in round one. And you're right. I don't know if all these teams are going to get off to a good start. They may get, lose the first game, lose the second game before they're truly in playoff hockey mode. So let me ask you this, George, as we get set now for the next round. Typically, right, we've got a bunch of game ones here, but it also means we've got a bunch of series prices as well. Will you be uh, looking to hit a lot of these series prices? And uh, if any, which ones stand out? Well, I got some parlays going. I mean, uh, you look at the first series. The Islanders in Washington, that's a rough series, guys. These two teams don't like each other. I'm not touching that. That's If you want to go with underdog, Islanders are plus 118. I'll give the Islanders a shot there. As I said, the Islanders are another team that played very well, very well in the first round. They dominated uh, Florida. Washington, eh, didn't seem to care. I mean, Alexander Ovechkin, who in my mind is the greatest scorer in NHL history, he was mm. on the back of a milk carton. Very rarely saw him in the, uh, the opening mm. of round robin. He was invisible. And once again, I think try to get that extra thing going when we don't care. We don't, don't, just don't care if you win or lose. Uh, you know, that sort of thing, going to be tough. Flyers, Canadians, I like the Flyers. That's one of my uh, parlays here. The problem with the Canadians is they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is a big upset. And they did it. We thought, almost everybody thought, okay, if the Canadians beat the Penguins in round one, it'll be because Carey Price was a brick wall. Brick wall. Right. Now, they beat the Penguins, and Carey Price played well, but he wasn't a brick wall. So what if this is the round he's now a brick wall? So that's what scares us about that. Bruins-Hurricanes, I think it's going might be the best series in the first round. They played each other last season as well uh, in the conference finals. Great series. I think it'll be great again. I do worry about the Bruins taking – you know, a couple of games here to get their legs going. And maybe down 2 nothing real quick here. Avalanche Coyotes is another one that I think is a parlay partner. Colorado's going to win this, I think, fairly easily here. Stars Flames. Seguin, Tyler Seguin didn't play that last one. Unfit to play. Doesn't have COVID. Just has an injury. The NHL is always state secrets with their injuries anyway, guys. Right. COVID just gave another excuse. You don't find <laughs> out nothing about what's going on in the NHL. It's frustrating. Ben Bishop, their goaltender, he was considered unfit to play. You can live without Bishop because Anton Hudobin, the backup, also very good. But if Seguin's missing, Flames once again came out. They beat a Jets team without Shifley, without Patrick Lene. That was They never really had a chance without those two guys. But I kind of like the Canucks here. Once again, a dog. I like the Canucks dog and the Islanders dog. Golden Knights and Blackhawks. I think the Golden Knights are going to roll over the Blackhawks. Roll over them. 
If you're looking for a sweep, I think this may be where you have it. This is definitely a must, uh, must parlay team, though. I'm not going to pay that price on Vegas. Hey, George, you know, you went through a lot of those series prices, right? And our partners and friends on FanDuel have seven of the eight series prices up. And I got to ask you about this one because I learned a big time sports investing lesson last year in the NHL playoffs. Okay. Last year in the NHL playoffs, there was a first round series between like who everyone thought was the best team in the NHL, the most points in the league, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they were playing against the Columbus Blue Jackets and also ran eight seed, right? And I learned a lesson last year because the Lightning were minus 320 in their series price. And I was like, oh, this is a lock. Of course, they're going to win, right? And they lost game one against Columbus. I was like, there's no way they lose two in a row. And they did. I was like, there's no way they lose another one. And they did. So I lose with the Tampa Bay Lightning series price, like minus 320. And then, by the way, about a few weeks later, I lost with the Golden State Warriors on the series price at around minus 300. But that's besides the point. Why is the Tampa Columbus line for this series not up yet? George, that's my question. Are they worried about the Lightning kind of getting upset again? What do you think might be behind this? Is there injury concerns? What's going on in Tampa, Columbus? Well, you just hit it. There are injury concerns with Tampa. Uh, Tampa's the better team. In my mind, I think Tampa's the best team in the NHL. That being said, they're not the most mentally tough team. There's a lot of Hmm. pressure going on here. You can't lose to Columbus again. All right, no joke. If they lose to Columbus, John Cooper, the head coach, he's done. He was almost done last year after what happened. Uh, So I go back to the well with the lightning? I go back to the well and I bet him again? I mean, I'm, I do have money on them. I, I got okay. actually before they took it. I don't. I'm sorry. It was on. It was on the board yesterday. I don't know why they took it off the board today. Yeah. I, they had to know the, these injuries haven't changed. The injuries we're talking about with Tampa Bay are this: Steven Stamkos. They're he's not their best player. That's Kucherov, but he's their best scorer. You know, great, a very good center here. I don't think he's going to play until game three, game four. Now, he missed. Uh, <laughs> he missed the round robin. He's been hurt for a while now. Then got healthy. Then I think re-injured himself. But once again, we don't know for sure because they don't tell us anything. But he was out there late in the regular season with a core muscle injury, and I think this is what happened again. That's been my guess here. He's, I think he's close to playing, but not quite there. Maybe more important for Tampa Bay is Victor Hedman. He's their best defenseman. He turned – it looked to me, once again, they don't tell you, but if you watch the replay, I was watching the game, it looked like he turned his ankle. It could be a knee. could also always be a calf or some of a leg injury. But it looked like an ankle injury to me, and he's a game-time decision. So we're not going to find out today on probably till the – Pre-game skate, about 220 is when we'll know if he has a chance of playing. If he's out there, he's got a chance. He's not out there, he's not playing. And Victor Hedman's mm. an important piece of the puzzle there because they don't have as much. They can't replace Hedman. They've got other offensive players that replace Stan Coach, but they can't replace Hedman. But truth is this, guys. They should be able to beat Columbus without either guy. I mean, they are that much better than Columbus. They can roll three lines at you. They have good depth defense, but just not another number one. No one does. And they have the better goaltender. I mean, they just have the better goaltender. What worries me is that how I don't know how mentally tough they are. And what happens if Columbus gets up to a two-goal lead early? You know, and can they come back from that? Can they understand that? Or are they going to be like, we just can't beat this team? I mean, we just can't beat them. Columbus beat them last year. Panarin? Panarin's now on the Rangers. They didn't replace him. They beat him with Bob Bobrovsky. I understand Bobrovsky was terrible. You know, he was Swiss cheese for the Florida Panthers. I get that. But they don't have him either. 
They're, uh, you could argue their number one goalie, Merz Lickens, he's out. He got hurt in game four or between game four and game five of the round robin. They're going with Corpusalo. I know Corpusalo shut out Toronto in game five, but he wasn't even supposed to start that game. He got replaced in game four because he was bad. And everything's pointing Tampa's way other than the injuries here. I still believe in Tampa. But I wish they were more of a, a rah-rah team. I wish they were a fire and br- I wish there was a fire and brimstone guy who was going to charge this team up and tell you we are not losing to Columbus. That's not happening. You know, that, I don't think they have that. I think they're more of a skilled team that believes, hey, you know, we throw our sticks, our gloves out there, we'll beat them. There is some worry here, but I do have money on Tampa as well, but in a parlay. It uh, it should be a fun one. I saw Scott Wetzel tweet out that uh, Tampa Bay should be kicked out of the league if they don't win this game, uh, which I always like overreactions like that. Let me ask you this, George, though. Uh, the Blackhawks Knights, right? You made it clear. You like the Knights there. The biggest favorites on the board. It backs you up. The total jumps out to me. Six and a half. It's the biggest total on the board. A lot of people want to play unders in these resets, but the Blackhawks were a part of that awesome series with the Edmonton Oilers. Over under six and a half. Even money for the over. You think you'll play this one over the total? Yeah, as Kevin knows, uh, that series was good to me. was very good to me. I had props all over the props, place here. Props, props, It was fun. I mean, thank you. Thank you, Chicago and Edmonton. Seriously, probably saved my butt last week. Uh, this is going to be different. I, I don't think it'll be any different for Golden Knights. I mean, they're going to score some goals here. The Chicago Blackhawks, Patrick Kane, you know, Jonathan Taze, Kubalik, they, they have a very good offense. You know, they can score some goals, but the Golden Knights can play defense. They have a goaltender. All right, they're not going to let you know, the opportunities in that Edmonton did. So playing the over here is not a lock. That being said, I do like the over today, but I don't love it, but I like it. It actually might be my favorite bet today overall, only because there's nothing I'm in love with here. Uh, other than maybe the lightning over the Jackets, but even that's a little scary to me if Hedman's out, and which I don't know yet. Uh, so the Blackhawks are the one team that I think is not going to last long in this uh, in, in round one here. I said they're they're lucky to be here. They only got here because the pandemic hit and 24 teams got in. They might they might have been team 24. They were either 23 or 24. Uh, it's they're an original six team. That's why the Angel wanted them in Chicago, big market. All the conspiracy theories are true here. Uh, but the Vegas Golden Knights. If Tampa Bay is not the best team overall in hockey, then it's Vegas. They're that kind of team. They can roll two, three lines at you. They have plenty of defense. They have goaltending. They're a hockey team. What separates them from Tampa is that. They don't have that number one guy. Tampa has Kucherov, Stamkos when he's healthy. Vegas doesn't have that. And Stone, Carlson, Pacioretty, solid guys, but not a guy you consider to be that all that Hall of Fame type player. They don't have that guy. Still, Vegas should have no problem rolling over over Vegas. I mean, this should five games at the very worst. Uh, let's. Uh, I think somehow something got tripped up there with Dane's audio. Sorry about uh, that. Yeah, we're there. back. Yeah, we're back. Go, Sorry Dane. about that. It's all good. I was just letting everybody know that those Golden Knights are minus one ninety five in Game One tonight at ten thirty p.m. But thanks for George for spending a couple of minutes with us. Can we come back to you next week and get another update here on the playoffs and more ways to win money off? Of course, the NHL's back. Playoff hockey is back. There's nothing like NHL playoff hockey. I mean, absolutely nothing, especially if you're rooting for a team, whether it be money, phantom, and the game goes to overtime. I don't know how you can sit down. Yeah, yeah playoff hockey is definitely something very exciting to watch, especially, like you said, when it gets into overtime. The whistles go away in overtime. Thanks, George, for spending some time with us. When we come back here, Kev, what we do is 
we, you know, wrap a nice, neat little bow on this episode of The Early Line. We see what's going on on the morning after, and we will check in on our poll as well to see who our viewers and listeners think will ultimately be the eighth seed in the NBA Western Conference. All that and more finish up another of The Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on The Early Line. And as we finish up today, we've got our guy, Jared Smith, in with us because the morning after follows us right here on the grid as we continue to give you the edge all day long. And, Jared, you know, I watched the morning after, and one thing I know is that you are plugged into soccer like nobody else. It could be anywhere around the world, literally, and you will have the flag to represent it. Now, We've been like double and triple booked, right? You know, I'm betting golf. We got NBA, NHL, baseball, and you're waving the flag. Absolutely. We've got soccer this week as well, kind of in a high profile, right? MLS's back tournament crowns a champion tonight with Portland and Orlando. Champions League gets going in earnest with the quarterfinals, I believe, tomorrow. Europa League, a ton of soccer on the plate this week. You like anything specific? I want to add to my bankroll, brother man, with the conglomerate. Yeah, I, I kind of like the over in this Orlando City match tonight. Uh, Orlando City's been kind of the darling of this tournament. Obviously, they're playing at home, if you want to call it a home match. Uh, they've scored at least right. two goals in six straight matches. The Union have been also, or excuse me, the Timbers have also been, been scoring a lot of goals as well, uh, coming off of a two-goal performance against the Union. Two and a half seems like a pretty fair number there. Uh, I'm going to take a nibble on the over. And I really like uh, the both teams to score prop. Uh, in this Europa League match today. Shakhtar, which comes from the Ukrainian League. I don't have a flag for Ukraine, unfortunately. Uh, and also we have Basel, FC Basel, which I do have a Switzerland flag, so I can wave that. Uh, Shakhtar scored at least two goals in six straight. Basel hasn't scored that much lately, but they had a good aggregate against Eintracht Frankfurt in their previous leg. So I think there's going to be a 1-1 start there uh, at least. Uh, and again, just one leg in the quarterfinals. We saw that yesterday with Man U. That game went right to right. extra time. Uh, so, yeah, the Europa League has been maybe a little lower level, but the Champions League has been great. At Atlanta tomorrow over in that match against PSG. I really Ooh. like that one. Well, Atalanta can score those goals. Yeah. We'll see if it keeps on happening in this round of UEFA's Champions League. If you want more insight from Jared and Ariel, keep it locked right here. The morning after is up next on SportsRid for Kevin and I. Have a great day, everybody. Hope you become profitable. We'll see you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.